Well, the other day I was inviting somebody to join us for worship and I was telling them how important it was this year in 2020 that we really be careful about our attitude and we focus on things that are half full instead of the glass is half full rather than half empty. And he, I reminded him that the scripture tells us we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. They said, does that include 2020? And I go, oh yeah. In fact, I don't know if there's ever been a year in my lifetime that I have needed Thanksgiving more than this year, if I'm going to do this. Because Thanksgiving is all about focusing on the things I'm thankful for, not just the things that I'm not thankful for. And 2020 has been a big disruption for everybody we know of. And today, we're going to talk about some things we can be thankful for. The conversation went on, by the way, well, can you give me something I can be thankful for? And I go, if you come Sunday, I'll give you 15. I will. Before you leave here today, you're going to have 15 things I'm going to give you thankful for with scripture references, multiple references for each one, okay? And I culled it down from 30 because I was trying to be nice so we could get out of here by noon, okay? That's what's going on today. We're going to focus on what we can give thanks for. If that sounds like a good idea to you, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that we have a national holiday called Thanksgiving. I thank you when Abraham Lincoln made his Thanksgiving proclamation, he made it during the Civil War. Well, it was still going on. And God, we need to give thanks while we're in the middle of all this COVID stuff and there's been election turmoil. There has been all kinds of adjustments to our calendars this year. In the middle of, or toward the end of 2020, in the middle of life right now, we need to stop and give thanks. And so today, Lord, I pray that you would shift our eyes from the things that are half empty in our world to the things that are more than half full. And you remind us that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You remind us of all the good things that you give us. They are many. And Lord, I pray that we would be grateful rather than grumbling. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Move me out of the way and remind us of these things. Amen. Hey, if you're uh, watching online or whether you are joining us here live here now, there's a, an outline I have for you at centeringlives.com. You can go there or on our app. But uh, the first point of my outline is simply this, that there's a story for us in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers where the Israelites were traveling from a time of slavery to the promised land, uh, and they grumbled and complained along the way um, because it took longer than they thought. Uh, God had rescued the Israelites from hundreds of years of slavery uh, to the Egyptians. Uh, he had drowned the uh, Egyptian army in the Red Sea. They, he'd rescued them, took them over to Mount Sinai, gave them the Ten Commandments, gave them, they camped there for a little over a year, and got their government organized, their worship system organized, they got everything organized, and then they started moving to the promised land. And it was as they went along the way, God was feeding them with food that came down from heaven. Every night on the ground, there would be little like flakes, like little frosted flakes. And they'd, they were, God told them, go gather that up. It'll be the perfect food for you. Apparently, it was just nutritionally balanced. And God even regulated that they wouldn't eat too much. Because if you gather too much, by the time you go back to your tent, it would consolidate down to just the right amount. And if you were old and weak and couldn't go out and gather very much, if you gathered a little, it would multiply and fill up your container. And they would grind it into a um, little, little flour, and they'd make pancakes out of it. They'd make all kinds of bread out of it, uh, other things. And they would eat this. And it was called manna, because that's the Hebrew term for what is it. Because the first time they went and looked on the ground, they said, what is it? And that's the name that stuck. So there you go. That's really what manna means. So... They'd been eating this stuff now for a year and a half every day. 
and they were getting tired of it. Here's what happened. Uh, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember all the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic we wanted. And we had bad breath, too. But anyway, but now our appetites are gone and all we ever see is this manna. They began to grumble and complain. And there was foreign rabble traveling with them when, when they left Egypt, there were people, it wasn't just the Israelites left, there were people going, if they were in debt or maybe they were facing prison time or they weren't going to get a promotion, they thought, they saw the Egyptians throwing jewelry and money and they saw them throwing nice clothes at the Israelites on the way out and that's, that's all that happened. They went, I'm getting in on this since so they left with them. They didn't love God, they were just going for another opportunity. And this whole business of following God just seemed like it was dragging on and taking a really long time. And they began to grumble and complain, and they started with the meal plan. I mean, this was free every day. It was perfectly balanced. It tasted like little wafers made with honey is what it says in the Scripture. Well, the story goes on. Numbers 11, a little more here. Moses heard all the family standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of leading all these, of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? Because, in other words, I'm not their mother. Why am I doing this? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep on whining to me, say, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load's far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. If, I mean, the trip was taking longer than they thought. If you're going, man, how could Moses feel that way? Well, I remember when our kids were small, my parents and my parents were still alive. We would pack them in the minivan on Thanksgiving, and we'd drive up to Kansas from here, 900 miles. And we have three kids in the back in the minivan, and about 200 miles in, Dad, he's touching me. He's on my side of the sea. Dad, tell him to be quiet. Dad, tell him to quit singing. It's like, and then you know, I'm pulling that. Okay, I, I'm going to come back there. All right? And what happens is, is that you sit there in the middle of a trip like this going, we're going to Thanksgiving. The food's going to be amazing. You're going to see your cousins. You're going to have lots of fun there. It's not that long of a journey, but it's long. And you know what really makes it horrible is everything you're doing right now. It's not going to change anything. It's just going to make the journey miserable. And that's the first note I have for you there. People who are constantly grumbling and complaining are exhausting. It's exhausting. Hmm. Better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Proverbs 21, 19, my wife loves it when I read that verse. I go, baby, it's in the Bible. We just got to read the whole Bible. You know, it's in there. But you can put in there, better live in the desert than with quarrelsome and nagging kids in the back seat. You can put better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging husband, boss, co-worker, neighbor. You see how it works? Put it in there. It works. And it's true. It's exhausting. Not only that, but notice this, the people who constantly grumble and complain are contagious. We have learned all about contagious stuff this year and the importance of wearing a mask when you go out in public. I can wear this mask all I want, and you know what? Grumbling and complaining 
goes right through this mask. It does. It doesn't filter out one bit of negativity. And you and I can grumble and complain while we're wearing the mask, and it won't make it any easier. Never has. This is why it's so important. It's why we're doing this whole thing, talking about being half full. Scripture tells us, think about things that are right and true and excellent and worthy of praise, not grumble and complain because God really wants you to be a negative, angry person all the time. No. It steals our joy, destroys our witness, makes us feel terrible. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33. And so here's the life application. It's this. If you want to be half full people, we must not hang around half empty people. Psalm 1. Uh, it's just so amazing. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord. They meditate on it day and night. And that's where we're going to get all our promises today that are good, straight from the law of the Lord. We're going to meditate on that. This morning, for instance, man, I got up and I had a, a devotional time this morning. And I, I don't know if you were up early when the sun came up this morning, but the clouds were just arranged. It was a painted sky this morning. It was absolutely breathtaking. Beautiful day. And then I turned on my phone. It's a horrible day. It is a horrible day. I mean, there are so many problems with our economy. There's so many problems with our government. There's so many problems with COVID. There are so many problems going on. Problem, problem, problem. Oh. And if you and I spend all our time online, if you and I spend all our time talking to negative people, focusing on the half-empty glass, well, then we're going to get together with our family and we're going to argue about politics and we're going to argue about COVID and we're going to argue about this and then we'll say, happy Thanksgiving, amen, get out of here. And that's where we are. That's why we're meeting here today. We worship the King of Kings. And we have hope in any circumstance. And by the way, we're on a journey to the promised land. Heaven. And it's taking a while. And Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have many troubles. Be of good cheer. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If that's good news to you this Thanksgiving, would you say amen? amen. i got to choose what I think about. And I certainly have to choose who I hang around. Because they're going to determine who I think. i got to choose what I watch, where I go online. It's not going to help me. Point B on here, the second point I make today, is because they face difficulties... They forgot all about the amazing things God already done for them. They forgot all about them. Psalm 78 was written years later, reflecting on this event, when they're grumbling and complaining in the desert. Here's what, the, here's what was written. This is Psalm 78, starting verse 11. They forgot what God had done. They forgot the great wonders he'd shown them. He divided the Red Sea, led them through, making the water stand up like walls. Uh, in the daytime, he led them by a cloud, and by night, with a pillar of fire, he split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water from, as from a gushing spring. He made streams pour from the rock, making the waters flow down like, like a river. Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. They didn't believe God or trust him to care for them. Man, I hope this resonates with you. 
I mean, what's God done for you? Well, okay, he rescued me from slavery. I don't have to make mud bricks for some guy who beats me with a whip anymore. Okay, he did do that. Yeah, and then he showered me with all kinds of material blessings on our way out. Yeah, and he gives us food every day. Yeah, and he miraculously gave us water. And when the Egyptians were trying to kill us, he did lead us through a, a trough in the middle of the Red Sea where the water stood up, and when the Egyptians chased us, the water closed in on and drowned them all. Well, yeah, he did do that. But he can't give us hamburgers. Man, you go, what? How'd you get here? Same way we do. We focus on the things we don't have instead of all the things he's blessed us with already. So here's a life application. If you and I want to be half full people, we must remember the good things that God has done for us. Good things. He's done a bunch. That list I told you about, you're about to hear it. Psalm 103.2, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. In fact, let's read this verse together. Will you read this out loud with me, please? Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Well, what good things? Well, if you're here in person, it's on the opposite page of your handout. If you're online, you'll see it in the outline there. But I want to give you 15 things that I can be thankful for to God regardless of my circumstances. All 15 of these things are true. You can look up all the references. I'd encourage you to do it this week. Man, preparing this, I just got excited and full of joy preparing the list. It's amazing. Let me just read them to you. And this is how I can give thanks in all circumstances. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to give me forgiveness, abundant life, and a place in your family. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to teach and guide and empower me. Thank you for the fruit of the Spirit becoming evident in my life as I grow in my relationship with you. Because you're filling me with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that I didn't have before. Thank you for preparing, preparing a place for me in heaven. Thank you for creating me with a high purpose in mind and giving me a sense of worth. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and never leaving or forsaking me no matter what I do. Thank you for using difficulties in my life to mature me and grow my faith. Thank you for your word that teaches, corrects, and trains me in righteousness. Thank you for lifting me up when I fall and giving me rest. Thank you for giving me peace when I fix my thoughts on you. Thank you for ordering your angels to protect me wherever I go. Thank you for giving me your wisdom and understanding and for guiding me along the best pathway for my life. Thank you for enabling me to think about things that are true and excellent and worthy of praise. Thank you for fighting for me and making me more than a conqueror. Thank you for supplying all of my needs in accordance with your riches and glory. These are all true today for you, for me, for all of us. Now, how much would that, and this is true every day of my life while I'm on the journey to the promised land. I'm not there yet. It's taking longer than I thought and it's harder than I thought. And I can either grumble and complain, Dad, he's touching me. Tell him to move over. Dad, he passed gas. It's bad back here. I think you might have been in a car where that's happened sometime. I've been there. And we can turn our lives into that and make it miserable for our spouses and our kids and our coworkers and our neighbors. Dad, I don't like the way politics is going. Dad, I don't like the economy. Dad, I don't like this. I don't like this. Dad, 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 dad. Man, it's fun to be around you. It's exhausting. Remember, we're supposed to be salt and light. But what if our neighbors heard us doing this? Oh, man. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus. 
You have a smile on your face. What are you so happy about? Well, I was just meditating this morning on the fact that God gives me peace when I fix my thoughts on him. And I saw a beautiful sunset this morning. It's amazing. I wonder if somebody heard me say that. And maybe if they were having a bad day, I could be contagious with joy, which is what we're supposed to be. That's who we're called to be. That's why the Holy Spirit fills us with love and joy and peace, not anger, negativity, fear, and doubt. If I am balled up in anger, negativity, fear, and doubt, that is not a fruit of the Spirit. That's not. That's not. And I can tell what's in my heart by the words that come out of my mouth. Because Jesus said it's from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Here's a life application again. If you and I want to be half full people, we've got to trust that God is always with us and strong enough to take care of us on the journey through every circumstance. Remember we read that at the end of Psalm 78. It said they didn't believe God or trust him to care for them. Well, that's what we're saying. Well, God, I don't really trust that you're going to take care of me in 2020. Okay, you did every other year of my life, but not 2020. What? When did God get too weak? I mean, Jesus had to teach his disciples this too. There's this amazing story uh, in the New Testament, Mark 4. When his evening came one day, this, Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross the other side of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. They took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving crowds behind, although some other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. And he asked him, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I mean, he was demonstrating this. All this is written down so we can understand who we worship. When did God's arm get too short to reach down to meet our problems? When did his strength evaporate? And when did he all of a sudden lose track of you and me? He didn't. So then why am I spending all my day whining? Because those Israelites, that was the way to go. And he told them, I want you to be a nation of priests for me. People who represent me to the world. Who represent the world's needs to me in prayer. Instead, got a bunch of whining kids in the back seat of the car, grumbling the whole way to grandma's house. I hope you understand these stories are recorded for us. By the way, here's a note. Grumbling and complaining is only giving voice to unbelief. If I grumble and complain, I'm telling you I don't believe. That's what I'm saying. Because if I believe that God will use all things for my good, if I believe that God is guiding my life, if I believe that I'm headed to heaven one day, and in this world I'm going to have trouble, but God will be with me through it, then why would I need to grumble or complain? It doesn't make sense. So I shouldn't pray about it? I didn't say that. Sure, we can pray about it, but that's not grumbling and complaining. That's not what the Israelites were doing. They were just grumbling and complaining. 
Last point I want to make today, God heard God heard the Israelites grumbling, and he disciplined them by giving them what they asked for. Mm. Be very careful about that, by the way. We grumble and complain. I mean, my kids, when I did pull the van over, there was wailing and gnashing of teeth, I want to tell you. There were times when we stopped, okay, you made me come back there, I'm coming back. And you will not be happy. God did that. He heard him. So he told Moses, Moses, come here. Go tell the people. Consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you're going to eat meat. Moses said, the Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. Think of that. We were in slavery. We had no money, no freedom, no hope of ever anything changing. Now we're free. We're free from all our evil taskmasters. We're just only miles from the promised land, but we'd have been better off in Egypt because we had garlic and onions. On, we had Taco Tuesday. Better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat. Now he said, now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. And you won't eat it for just one day or two days or five or 10 or 20 days, but you're going to eat it for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you, and you have wailed before him. Dad, come back here. I'm coming back. Oh, Dad, do not come back here. That's what's happening. Scripture tells us that God calls a huge flock of quail miles around to come surround the whole camp for miles, and the birds were trapped down about three feet off the ground, and people went out there and caught and killed these quail. Everybody had a supply for every person. They said it was about 50 bushels. 50 bushels of birds per person. Stacks and heaps of meat. But while the meat was still between their teeth and before it be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, struck them with a severe plague. And therefore, the place was named Kibroth Hata'ava, which means the graves of the people who craved. The graves of the craving ones. Because they were buried there, it's where they buried the people who had craved other food because God's stuff wasn't good enough for them. Mm. Why would such a story be in the Bible? Well, that's the last life of vacation. God's shown us a way out, and we're tempted to see our lives half empty. We're supposed to learn from their example. We're not supposed to grumble and complain, we're supposed to give thanks. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10. Paul wrote about this. He said, these things happened. He's talking about this story and other stories in the Old Testament. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things like they did. And don't grumble as some of them did. And then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for the people of Centerpoint in 2020. Us. They're written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And if you look at our world today and you say, man, it seems like it's getting to the end of the world. It's getting close. Yeah, it is. So what godly lives we should be living. Not grumbling and complaining. We're on our way to the promised land and we're almost there. Hmm. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. 
you think, well, I haven't been that bad, well, be careful. Pretty easy to be grumbling and complaining these days. Temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He won't allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he'll show you a way out so you can endure, and he has shown us a way out this morning. He has. To focus on things that are right and excellent and true. To give thanks. We even have a holiday, a national holiday this Thursday to give thanks. The question is, are we going to use it to sit around, watch football, eat too much and grumble and complain, or are we going to actually use it to give thanks? And that choice is up to you and me this week, right now. So I'm going to pray for us very quickly here, and then after that, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we're going to give thanks. Father, this is probably the most important Thanksgiving message I've ever had to give in my life. Because I have a choice before me if I'm going to grumble and complain or if I'm going to give you thanks. I have a choice to see my life as half empty or half full. And Lord, you told us we would live in a fallen world. You were sending us to be lights in the darkness. This is not heaven. We're not at the promised land yet. We're still on the journey. And we can make the journey absolutely miserable and horrible by grumbling and complaining the whole time. Or we can give you thanks. And today, Lord, I pray that you remind us that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. That is a command of Scripture. And Lord, you gave us these stories to remind us that you hate it when we grumble and complain. And you hate it when we forget about all the good things you've already done for us. And I made a list there, and I could have made it twice, three times as long. And they're all true. God, I don't want to think I'm standing when I'm falling. I don't want to pretend that I don't grumble and complain. I do, and I don't want to this week. I want to be a half-full person, not half-empty. Guard my mind. Keep me away from stuff online that makes me feel absolutely terrible and miserable, depressed, afraid, and anxious. doesn't mean I deny the world or deny what's going on. It just means that I balance things, and I give you thanks that you're in the world, and you're in me, and greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. God, you got to wake us up to this. We're to be salt and light. Not the loudest and the proudest of the grumblers. It's wrong. Father, please change my mind and help me see things your way. Change the way I think. Surround me with positive people. Let me be an encourager. In the name of Christ, we pray these things and give you thanks. Amen.